spirits will inhabit animals for a time to be able to communicate a message to their loved ones. And, and the message was, what do you think he was trying to say? I'm here with you. I will always be here with you. I love you. And um, don't worry, I will take care of you. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and creative guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager, and I love to hear from my listeners. My new website, ZestfulAging.com, is up and running, and it makes it easy for you to leave comments or suggestions. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker from her CD, Buffalo Hotel, and it will be available in January of 2020. Judy Banker is also a guest, so you can hear my interview with her on the podcast. Well, I've got my Jack Russell Sparky right by my side, so let's begin. So I'm walking with Anne-Marie Higgins, and Anne-Marie and her husband Tim were avid birders, and hawks were their favorite raptor. And after her husband died, he began communicating with Anne-Marie in many ways, primarily through hawks, which led her to write their memoir, Dancing in Two Realms, a love story beyond death. In 2017, she donated hawk nest cameras to Syracuse University in memory of Tim. And now thousands of people worldwide have enjoyed watching the nest activities of resident red-tailed hawks, SU, Sue, and Otto, as they raise their chicks each year. And Anne-Marie keeps up with them um, and watches for them at Syracuse University and Oakwood Cemetery, which is a historical cemetery, and that's where we're walking now. And she's written a children's book about hawks, which is yet to be published. Welcome to the show, Anne-Marie. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's lovely to be here and on the show. <laughs> it's, um, we both uh, grown to love Oakwood Cemetery over the many, many years. Yes, yes. We yeah, we've just met. I know, I know. That's quite amazing. So uh, it's, uh, but I, I don't. I consider it a, a synchronicity. I don't believe in coincidences. This is the right time for us to meet. Uh huh. <laughs> so, tell people a little bit about what you know about Oakwood Cemetery. Uh, well, it's an, as you said, it's an historic cemetery. It's 160 acres of amazing rolling uh, hills and some flat lands and absolutely gorgeous um, trees um, filled with wonderful nature. Uh, there's something, you know, the hawks are here, but there's foxes and raccoons and squirrels and all different kinds of birds. So it's a great place for birders and for nature. Uh, enthusiasts and for people interested in historic cemeteries. Uh, the, the stones, um, gravestones and monuments here are amazing and there's a lot of famous local 
people who are buried here and it's a fascinating place and some say it's got some haunted places Ooh, of course of course of course <laughs> yes and i and i was uh aware that sometimes the historical society will they schedule walks and talk about the grounds and how it was actually a recreational area at one time when people would bring their carriages and picnics yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's amazing yes yes the history here is quite amazing what we're doing now and why what brings us to oakwood is that this is where the hawks live yes yes they live they live here in syracuse university um and this is where they hunt it's part of their territory um red-tailed hawks have a, usually about a one to 1 1.5 square mile territory mm -hmm. um, in which they hunt and nest and uh so that includes syracuse university esf Oakwood Cemetery and part of Thorndon Park actually. I see. And so what brings them to these areas? The prey. It's it's primarily prey being the animals that they need for food. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and also at Syracuse University they have the absolute optimum nest situation. Ah. I mean, it, it couldn't be a better nest site. It's since 2012, they've been nesting on Lyman Hall, in, which is a, a very high, tall, historical building. Uh -huh. um, and there are archways in the, I don't know what kind of architecture it is per se, but um, it's a beautiful building. And the the archways have two areas on either side where they have built the nests and the archways are covered so their um, nests and their chicks stay dry unlike a hawk that builds a nest in a tree and obviously is exposed to all the elements so they have roofs they These have, chicks get roofs over there. They <laughs> have roofs. It's amazing. The only time that they ever get really uh, wet or, and you know, like some rain or wind is when there's a nor'easter, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and wind blows in that way. But uh, it, it's, uh, they're just absolutely, you know, wonderful places. They're far, they're high, they're far away from predators, mm -hmm. um, unlike being in Oakwood Cemetery. I know there are other nests here and I've heard of nests, you know, obviously there are predators that live here as well, such as owls. Owls are really the only oh. uh, natural predator of a red-tailed hawk. And they don't really go after the hawk per se, but they, they would steal the eggs. Um, oh, and, and small chicks, but you know, the parents would never allow that. The parents are fierce. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's a perfect spot for them to raise their chicks. They <clears throat> they start rebuilding the nests um, usually in January or February. There are four nests in two archways that they've used periodically since 2012, and they just they just use one and then refurbish it mm -hmm. each year. And that's you know that's that's spruce typically yeah it gets it spruced. <laughs> Absolutely, they're nesterations, and that and that's typical. Um, generally, hawks do go back to the same nest site mm -hmm. um, year after year, um, but they get to ch pick from four. <laughs> so mm -hmm. they're wonderful. Mm -hmm. And what's so wonderful about these particular nests is they're, because it's on an archway, there's a, there's a ledge between the two corners. And when the chicks 
are able to move more, um, they learn to walk across <laughs> the ledge to the opposite side. The parents show them. And then that's what's called, in a, if they were in a tree, they would learn how to fly and practice by going out onto a branch. I see. But this is instead going out onto a ledge. And then Cornell, they go out on that catwalk, exactly. right? Exactly. Yep. I see. Yep. And so you Cornell see has them a platform. Tippy toeing yep. like it's a high, high uh, diving board and looking over and just, <laughs> you can sort of see the wheels turning is today the day. Absolutely. It's a long way down. Absolutely. It's so, it, it's fascinating to watch. Fascinating. So, so you have, <clears throat> I mean, even though you know a lot of facts about these birds. You have a much deeper connection to these guys. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I, uh, well, in, and I know where you're leading to my, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, just hawks in general. Um, my husband and I, as you had said in the beginning, were birders and hawks were our favorite bird. And my husband died horrifically um, after 18 days after being diagnosed with cancer. And so it was quite a shock. And um, very soon after he died, animals in our backyard started acting very differently, coming up to me, you know, walking right close to the house. Um, it wasn't hawks initially that, that were acting differently because I didn't have a hawk in the backyard. But soon after he died, um, a hawk flew by my car and like stared at me and I just said Timmy you know and I don't even know why I said that because uh -huh. I, I, I said to myself why am I why am I asking <laughs> this hawk if it's Tim because yeah. I didn't understand it and I didn't know I didn't know what was happening you know to to me or to, or to why these things were happening and it happened over and over um, was it a little scary no, no, it was no, it was exciting. It was ah. wonderful because I, excuse me, I wanted to believe, but I didn't, I didn't understand it. And 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 I wrote about this in my memoir. And there were there were many things before the hawks, so that I, you know, rather than, <clears throat> well, I can describe one thing. I mm -hmm. mean. Soon after he died, he spoke with me, he, and he told me where a combination to the safe was, that I had to get some important paperwork out, and I didn't know the combination oh. to the safe. Oh, my goodness. And, and he spoke in my ear. So I, I, you know, I knew that there was something, you know, that he was somewhere. His spirit, uh -huh. you know, somehow this, this was happening, and I, I would pinch myself and say, Anne-Marie, are you going crazy? Ah. But uh, he, you know, he told me and I looked and that's where it was. So um, a lot of things happened other than hawks, but the hawk specifically um, was so symbolic um, because hawks are um, considered messengers of, sp of the spirit world and they are very protective of their family and I, and Tim was certainly protective of me and since he was left so suddenly you know mm -hmm. he knew it was I was having such a hard time and they mate for life and they absolutely mate for life and so you know my uh, my soulmate my beloved Tim you know chose the right bird to communicate to me that he was with me and he was going to take care of me 
And I knew that. And one of the main times that a hawk specifically took care of me was when um, I, we rent a cottage every year up on Lake Ontario. Actually, now it's I, we moved to a house, but this particular, I was going to this cottage that we liked, and a friend was going to join me, and uh, she texted me that she couldn't join me that day, and I was terrified because I was arriving alone to a place that I normally would be with Tim and so I was really upset by it and terrified by terrified I mean I just didn't know how I was going to handle it it was it was just hard for me I the neighbors I knew the neighbors their friends so you know they kind of took me under their wing per se but um, but I still was there alone and that I that I unpacked the car talked to my friends for a little while then went back to the cottage and there was a hawk on the wire the telephone wire between the two houses and hawks are not water birds hawks eat mammals they don't they're not eagles eagles and osprey are lake bird are around lakes I see. there's there's no reason for a red-tailed hawk to be on a lake truly you know it's not it's not their typical habitat and this hawk is just on this wire and I'm like Timmy and it was gorgeous and it just stayed there and stayed there and stayed oh there overnight almost <gasps> 24 hours this hawk stayed with me i have pictures of it in my book oh my gosh yeah i have pictures of it in my book I'm because totally getting chills. complete chills confirmatory goosebumps because this hawk has blue eyes and hawks do not have blue eyes but my husband had blue eyes so I have a picture of this blue-eyed hawk in my book and um, the hawk went to my car mm. went to the stoop of the cottage um, this and is not typical behavior <laughs> of wild animals no 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 they don't they're not asking to be buddies with humans and completely not you know a wild animal staying with me and I even had to I, I I won't go into why I had to leave, but but I had to leave for a little bit, and I said, Timmy, I've got to go. I'll be right back. Can you get? Can you just wait for me? And I quickly did an errand and came back, and the hawk was still there. And then I got a text from my girlfriend and saying she was uh, she was coming. She was on her way. And I looked at the hawk and I said, Oh, good. Lynn is on her way. I think I'm going to be okay. And with that, the hawk looked at me and flew away. Oh my God. And I, it was beyond incredible, and I—that's a life-changing experience. Exactly, exactly. I know my husband inhabited that animal. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not—he didn't—he didn't become a hawk. Mm -hmm. He simply spirits will inhabit animals for a time to be able to communicate a message to their loved ones. And, and the message was, what do you think he was trying to say? I'm here with you. I will always be here with you. I love you. And um, don't worry, I will take care of you. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, and so he has. He, and he still does. We, we met. <laughs> That's right. You know? That is right. But I've had several other experiences that I talk about in my book. And since then... So I just, I know that, that Tim is always with me and uh, he's going to take care of me. Now, you know, you're a professional woman, you're a family therapist, nurse practitioner. Is this something that you've had any reactions 
about that people don't feel comfortable or they're weirded out or they say, <laughs> you're a medical, you know, trained person. This sounds a little crazy. Well, honestly, I, I wrote that in my preface because I was a little bit worried about writing this book, but yeah. just so many things happened over and over and over that mm -hmm. I felt I needed to, I, and I could tell it was something that needed to be told to the world. And then I was very afraid of my, how I, it, people would react. Like your reputation. Yeah. And I like, my husband was a judge. I was a, a nurse practitioner. Yeah. He was well known in the city. Uh -huh. Is this, what's this going to do? Well, my first book signing was at his, at the Century Club, uh -huh. where he, which is a rather conservative social club that we belong to, that he's been a member for years. And I I thought if I'm, if I'm gonna break <laughs> break the break you know through. break through this is where it's gonna be. It, the room was filled. There were 47 people there. This one woman bought 15 books to give to all of her friends, and she was like this ultra conservative person. And and again, that's not a judgment per se. It's just I was I was shocked at 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 the fact that you know I thought that these people might. Like they knew Tim, and would they, you know, would they accept this that he was a bird? He was coming to me in a bird, and uh, and they were fascinated. And they, one of one gentleman came up to me and he said, Emory, thank you for t talking about this. It gives us permission to talk about it." And another woman said essentially the same thing and said, "Her my mother comes in a cardinal, which a, which is a lot of you know, that's you know moms especially, but you know cardinals are full spirited and you know symbolize love." And so um, I said, if I broke through this audience and they came to me, you know, it was a choice for them to come to this book signing, then I was you know off and running and. Uh, I honestly, truly have never had people look at me weird. They, uh -huh. they just say, well, if, if they don't agree with it, they say, well, that's cool or yeah. that's different. But I've never had an, a truly negative, negative uh, reaction. It's, it's mostly people gives them permission to talk about what, you know, what they have experienced. Or this one, I, I, somebody wrote to me. And it moved me so much. It was a woman and a man, and he was dying of cancer. And she said, I reread your book, and now my husband is not afraid to die. Oh. And I was so pleased. You know, oh. I, I essentially want, wanted people to understand this was my experience, but if it could help other people, and that's exactly what it did. I was blown away and I've I've had many people write to me about how it has given them hope. Mm -hmm. um, one woman actually it, it was a breakthrough for her. There's a, a chapter where I talk about my husband's deathbed and what I did along you know to be with him and for our last moments and this woman read the book and she was with her husband at his deathbed and then but had totally blanked out what had happened from that point and she could not break through and she was very depressed and her therapist was was trying to get through to her and she couldn't when she read my book she said oh my gosh 
that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what I did. I mean, it was essentially just holding your, you know, holding and hugging and kissing and talking and being present with the body that you loved for how many years, but still not being rushed out by, you know, healthcare prep personnel, yes, yes. you know, you'd spend all the time you need to get through that, those have, moments. Have some time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, uh, and she and I became friends after that, and she lives in, in uh, California. And wow. She said, you know, she said, I, I, I just could not, it, it was so traumatic to me, it would just, I, I couldn't move forward and it helped her move forward in her in her healing it was that was so it's you know to say it's been life-changing is 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 sort of obvious (laughs) so how is it for you now going through your world um knowing that this exists Uh, i'm not afraid to die uh truly I, uh, although if a person was standing here with a gun, I'm certain I wouldn't be welcoming it. Yes. Um, but what I mean is, I am not afraid of that. It's that's it. That that's the end. You know, I know there is something else. What it is, I do not know. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't say for sure because I, I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously. I mean, Tim has talked about it being beautiful and peaceful. Um, but uh, I, I just know in my heart that, that I'm going to see him again. And so, but I'm still here for some kind of reason. And that's uh, sometimes was hard for me to accept, but you know, I'm, I'm getting to the point. Um, I mean, it's 10 years this November 7th uh, that uh-huh. Tim uh, died and uh, kind of a milestone year and I do see how my life has um, unfolded in totally different ways than I ever anticipated. I certainly never knew I'd be following hawks around, you know, photographing them. And how how often do you come down to Oakwood or go? Every day. Every day. Twice a day when the hawks are, um, uh, when the juveniles are here. Yeah, primarily because uh, juvenile hawks get like to get injured. <laughs> they don't like it. They just they tend to get injured in their first year in one way or the other. This year, happily, <laughs> it didn't happen. But um, since 2016, since I've been following this group of hawks at Syracuse University, um, two have died. One by hitting a a window. Birds hit windows, mm-hmm. and unfortunately. You know, you wouldn't imagine a, a, a big, powerful hawk mm-hmm. could be killed, but they're if they think they're flying into a tree, mm-hmm. f- going full force. It's a lot a, of a, a power, yeah, yeah. A reflective yeah. window. And another one, sadly, died last August here. It was awful. She, I knew she wasn't feeling well because she was sleeping during the day, and I kept track of her every day, and uh, I would stay with her. But every time she woke up she would fly and so the rehabber said you know maybe she you know hit a tree and has a slight concussion you know so just keep your eye on her but she always could fly so there was no way to capture her and and evaluate her 
then she was found by some dog walkers right near where we were walking and uh, I happened to be here on my <laughs> evening rounds and, and they called me because I had just met them three days before and they remembered my name mm. <laughs> amazingly actually they posted it on Facebook and then but someone called me I took her straight to Cornell uh-huh. and she died the next day she had West Nile virus which is something that usually kills what corvids which are crows typically they seem to be more susceptible to it than hawks and eagles but hawks and eagles can get it too either by a mosquito biting them or by um, eating prey that was infected do you want to also talk a little bit about the dangers of rat poison oh yes <laughs> now yeah you, you this is interesting that you're asking me this um, I rescued another hawk who wasn't a progeny of theirs two years ago in December I was um, checking on Otto and Sue uh, at Syracuse University and I saw I couldn't tell what kind of hawk it was but it was on a bench in front of Shine Student Center and Otto was up on a light post and he swooped down and attacked it and so I saw I saw them fly and he I they sort of grazed talons but I couldn't tell and then Otto retreated and that hawk kept going so I followed it and I couldn't tell if I thought it was a Cooper's hawk at first uh-huh so I followed it and I saw it fly near the VA and then I didn't see it anymore so I walked to the, to the VA and um, the upstate library and looked over this stone wall and the hawk was face down in the snow oh so I called my rehabber I rescued it brought it there and it turned out it it, it smelled horribly and we she put medicine uh, antibiotics down went to Cornell the next day and turns out it had what's called sauerkraut and that was from eating a rat poisoned rodent and Luckily, this animal lived, and our story was in the Syracuse newspaper, okay. and it's going to be in an upcoming book, um, and uh, Cornell wrote about it as well, and interestingly, the woman who, uh, we released it, by the way, it, on Easter Sunday in um, uh, Montezuma, um, because, the refuge center. yep, the refuge center, because uh, marshland is where um, typically where it's oh, excuse me it was a northern harrier uh -huh. it was uh, which is a climate endangered or excuse me habitat endangered uh, hawk it's um, it's known as the gray ghost it's a it's a gorgeous hawk it's mm. it's gray and white and it actually its face looks more owl like than hawk like uh -huh. I'll have to show you photos it's it's um and just last night the woman who is writing the story in a book Melissa grew is a very famous photographer and she is is writing a story a week about dangers to um, animals and their habitat and their health on her Facebook page and she happened to write about this Harrier just last night is she a local photographer she's in Ithaca uh -huh, uh -huh. very she's incredible yeah, so, you'll have to look her up. I'm going to. Oh, yeah. So now I have a couple maybe harder questions for you to put into words. Um, what is it about? Oh, can I just say one more thing? Sure, of course. So please, 
don't use rat poison. <laughs> there okay. are, first of all, it, it, it kills the rat very slowly. Oh. And it's a very painful death because they essentially bleed to death. Oh. And they're, they're dehydrated. And if they're in your home, they try to leave to get water or, oh. or something. And so then, um, a, a, you know, a, a raptor will find them. They're easy prey because they're, Disabled. you know, dis disoriented. <laughs> yeah. But also, your cat or your dog uh -huh. might also be in contact with this rat poisoned, and that's happened. Um, this, I know of someone whose whose dog um, died because mm -hmm. it partially ate a rodent that had been, um, you know, killed with with rat poison. Mm -hmm. There, mm -hmm. trap them. You know, it's a much quicker. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. more um, that's more humane hu thank you the word I was thinking I guess humane they're death. pretty smart animals although I don't know if I'd want one as a pet but people do have affection for them <laughs> for yeah well some mm -hmm. yeah I guess you can raise them domestically but and you know and and it's just it's just poison of any kind yes. it, it's just it it's it causes secondary poisonings hurts the environment just you know get rid of them in a different way all around good advice yes it is what's your advice for people who have lost someone and they have a sense that maybe uh, they're not maybe they're gone in the physical realm but that they have a sense that they may be existing elsewhere what would you tell them well I would say if you you know, if you have a sense, um, pay attention to your sense. You know, your your intuition is telling you something, and they are communicating with you, with your the part of you that just knows. <laughs> you know, you 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 have a relationship with them. It's not. It doesn't end with when they transition into a different realm um, from their physical body. You have a connection with them still, and so they're communicating with you. And your your gut sense is correct. Um, and so, pay attention to things out of the ordinary. Um, and that can be a smell in the house, or 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 outside. It can be uh, in an animal. I've gotten feathers, coins, you know, just different objects um, that are appear, and uh, and you just know that it's something from them. So be aware, and uh, and if if nothing is coming. Just be patient, stay focused, and set your intention to, you know, I love you, and I know you're here, and I'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And dreams, by the way, are visitations. Mm -hmm. You know, dreams are um, can be such healing, uh, you know, pieces. I think many people are going to resonate with that, and I just wanted to thank you, Anne-Marie, for talking about your life and what you've discovered and and sharing sharing yourself with us well you're so welcome it's it's great fun to share and I do hope that it ha does help people and if you want to enjoy something fun um, look for the Google Syracuse University Hawk Nest Cam if you are into watching Hawks 
refurbish a nest and the miracle of laying an egg and seeing it hatch and watching them take care of their um, chicks. Where can people find you? Me? Uh Um, Well, I I have a Facebook page that is um, very specifically devoted to the hawks, and it's called Red-Tailed Hawk Tales. T A L E S, mm-hmm. and uh, it's because I'm a storyteller. I'm a writer, and I so I um, do visual um, storytelling with my photographs. So I will photograph um, the hawks or any other wildlife that crosses my path here in Oakwood or Eshoo, mm-hmm. and I make a story out of it every day. And I and I do post every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've yesterday's post had uh, I. Was it yesterday? Had a heron that I saw and um, a merlin. Um, you know, it's not just the hawks. If I see something wonderful, I will do that. So, yes, please go to my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I do have a Facebook page for my book and a website, mm-hmm. uh, Dancing in Two Realms, A Love Story Beyond Death. And that's, um, uh, I can be reached uh, to talk about my book specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, through my website with an, with an email. Yeah. Good, that's great information. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. In this phase of our lives, we're more aware that our time is precious, and we certainly don't want to waste it taking care of stuff that we no longer need, left over from a life that we are no longer living. We know we would feel better with less clutter and more open space, but we don't know how to get there. If this sounds familiar, I'd love you to check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. This course is different than others you may have tried because we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and tools to help you face the overwhelm and feelings that come up when you're going through your clutter. It's practical and realistic, and the lessons are short and punchy and very manageable, but it has the power to change your life. We all deserve to live in a peaceful home without the chaos of too much stuff. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.